This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Battleground Nutrition Centers. Battleground Nutrition is a family and veteran-owned and operated supplement superstore in the Northeast that's been running since 2013 and since then has helped athletes all over the world in APO, FPO, and within the United States PO boxes to ensure that whether you are in the Northeast or anywhere in the world, we can help you with your nutritional needs. Visit www.bgnutritioncenter.com and use code NATTY to save at checkout. And a reminder... All orders over $100, always ship free. Well, my you natty, batty daddies, and mommies, I guess, it's time for another exciting episode of the United States of America. And this time, we're talking the good, the bad, and the horribly ugly for the 2023 Masters Olympia. I've actually got a lot of first-hand conversations when I was at the Arnold about this specific event, and it wasn't all good. And as a matter of fact, the vast majority of the athletes that I talked to that would be considered for the Masters Olympia or who would consider the Masters Olympia didn't have great things to say about it at the time. So right now, we are exactly one day. This is being filmed on 11 April. We're one day past the deadline. Here's one of the first things that I would say is sort of a weird coincidence in terms of the good, the bad, and the ugly as you define things when it relates to the Masters Olympia. This is the first event that I can remember in recent history, especially with the IFBB, that it works almost like a reality show in terms of how you're going to qualify. The official Masters Olympia website actually says that the way you're going to be considered to be an athlete here is by putting in a submission. Not by special invite, which I'm sure those would exist. Not by qualifying at earlier shows throughout the year, which arguably is a decent enough call, seeing as how most of these athletes have been on the Olympia stage, if not won it before. But you actually have to submit a request and a uh, uh, an application to be considered for acceptance in the Masters Olympia. And one of the interesting things too is that what it says in terms of the athlete qualification criteria outside of being over the age of 40 is that it must include the athlete background, competitive history, social media accounts, as well as additional items, which would be a video application not longer than one minute, and photos of an athlete's current physique. This is the most interesting inclusion to me because here's the thing. This is basically saying that the IFBB would consider certain names as soon as they see them as more applicable to being ready to step on stage without ever having seen their current physique or a physique within the last six to 10 months even, even that year within 12 months. That essentially says and sets a precedence that at certain shows, especially categories over the age of 40, that the IFBB reserves the right now to just start discriminating against competitors based on how they see their physique. Now, does it say that on the website, that if they look at your physique, they're going to tell you no? Of course not. But there is an interesting nugget of information here, right? What we're looking at now is essentially them saying, which it being optional, by the way, is already weird, right? Because if what you're saying is we want to see what you look like to see if whether or not you're the caliber of athlete that would be ready to step on stage for this event, shouldn't that be for everybody? I really don't know why that's an optional application piece, but it is. Nonetheless, 
I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent in terms of them wanting to discriminate based on overall look of the physique of the athlete, because that's been an argument for many IFBB pros for years, is whether or not the IFBB should reserve the right, once you get into the pro class, to take a look at you within a week of the stage and go, listen, this is the Arnold Classic, this is the Olympia, this is, you know, the uh, uh, New York Pro, the Prague Pro, your caliber of, of physique is not really going to do well. Arguably, if then what they're saying is we reserve that right to say no, they're also saying we reserve the right to not take your money. Again, it doesn't say that. It doesn't actually even say on here in the website what the cost is for registering for the show of the Masters Olympia, which in and of itself is strange because if you've already picked out the prize money, we don't really know how much of the athlete's registration costs are going into the prize pot which we'll get to in a little bit. But again, that struck me as incredibly odd in terms of not only it being an optional inclusion, but that photos of your current physique was included, right? Now, the current uh, divisions that are being offered at the Masters Olympia are wellness, bikini, fitness, men's physique, classic physique, women's physique, figure, open bodybuilding, 212, women's bodybuilding. I think... That when most people think about the Masters Olympia, we all remember Dexter Jackson being the only person to ever win both the Open Olympia and the Masters Olympia when he won the Masters Olympia in 2012. If you take a look at all these other categories, this essentially reads just like what they're trying to do is a copy and paste of the original Olympia lineup for everybody over the age of 40. Now, Granted, the Blade Dexter Jackson is a very, very rare occasion in which somebody is competing into what most people say is after their prime of aesthetic sports. But this is a huge show for all of these classes to be competing in, and these are IFBB Pro League divisions, and so now what you have is a race against the clock. Because again, it's April 11th, meaning that we're one day past that application fee. Let's say that each of these classes to run as a Masters Olympia needs at least 12 competitors. That means that based on that, even if only 12 competitors were for each of those classes, you have a ton of applications to now go through because it's not a qualification criteria of just being over the age of 40 and having your point system or winning a major show like the regular Olympia is. They're having to go through these applications. Now, if they are going to start discriminating against athletes and saying you're not going to be ready for this or we think that your retirement is justified and you should stay off stage, which would be a harsh email to get, you're talking about now having to suss out whether or not these athletes are ready and being ready for the show this August, which is when it is. It's August 26th and 27th in Romania. Again, another weird coincidence is that they didn't choose either Florida or Las Vegas, which is where they've been hosting their Olympias over the last couple of years. But again, I think it's cool that athletes should want to travel outside the United States. But now you're also telling athletes that it's not just about travel to the show, but overseas international travel to a fairly remote country in Eastern Europe. So having to go through all these applications sussing out how you're going to break down these divisions and then needing to have international travel schedules for all of those athletes to go to the Masters Olympia in Romania. 
That seems like a Herculean task for some of these promoters, especially considering that this is not just an IFBB-associated event, but an IFBB poster event, being the Masters Olympia. Again, I think it's cool to travel for international contests, and I wish more natural and enhanced bodybuilding would, would have some of their world championships and major title shows overseas. Um, so that's not really something I have a huge problem with, but it is something that some of these athletes are going to have to consider. When you're in your prime and traveling overseas, you know, swelling and traveler's diarrhea, um, access to food, since we're talking about enhanced bodybuilding, access to gear without getting caught in terms of customs or making sure that it's there when you arrive, um, time change differences, uh, issues with local customs in terms of quiet hours and stuff like that. These are things that basically the first year are going to be trial and error, I assume. So all of that considered, now we take a look at the athletes, right? No athlete list has come out, but I know for a fact, having spent a ton of time with my man, Victor Martinez at the Arnold Classic, we were doing a lot of coverage for Generation Iron. You can go ahead and check that out anytime you want on the YouTube channel. Every time we would walk through the expo, anytime we were at a restaurant, anytime we were at a gym, they would ask him, Hey, Victor, Masters Olympia, come back for the Masters Olympia. And hilariously enough, he would look directly at them. And by the end of the weekend, he didn't even say it. He started singing it. He would go, show me the money. He's right in the sense that a lot of these athletes now being outside their 30s and into their 40s and sometimes even older than that. And now you're talking about both genders in multiple divisions, you have to really make it worth their while to not only want to compete, but to travel to a remote area in Eastern Europe to do it a couple of months before the regular Olympia. Now, most people looked at the poster and saw that it said that there's $229,000 in prize money at the Masters Olympia. But make no mistake about it. Every federation and every show does this, right? It is $229,000 across all of the divisions. That's a problem for a lot of major athletes, right? Especially like, let's say a guy like Victor Martinez, who arguably was an uncrowned Mr. Olympia in his prime. And by the way, still looks fucking fantastic. I can't wait for you guys to see this shit on stage if he chooses to compete. And based on his recent Instagram uh, posts, he's leaning that way, right? But the issue is he's right. They're now asking them to travel right? Come out of retirement and $229,000 are going to be split between over 10 categories. Not only that, but this qualification, if you wind up winning the Masters Olympia in 2023, earns you a regular Olympia qualification to the Olympia in 2023. So now it's actually a qualifier for a the biggest title show, the Super Bowl of Enhanced Bodybuilding, which is the Olympia. So the prize money, how you have to travel overseas, the qualification criteria, uh, you know, basically any note that you would look at in terms of being pushed into a direction, in terms of red flags, would say that this is being really treated like a qualifier for the Open Olympia for everybody that's over the age of 40. I don't know how well that's going to sit with a lot of people, not just in terms of the the application, not just in terms of the travel, not just in terms of now the prize money, but that piece that basically says, yes, this is an Olympia, but it qualifies you for, you know, the real Olympia. This is a major show. I would say that most people 
Because here's the best part about the Masters Olympia is that people who know that they're a little bit outside of that window of being in their prime, but still are amazing athletes and great bodybuilders, but they know they can't compete with guys who are 25, 26, 30, 32. You're in your mid to late 40s, but you're still a great bodybuilder. We're going to basically get to see this as what I would call the legends class because everybody's going to wind up asking Jay Cutler and, um, you know, if Flex Lewis and, uh, I just saw the uh, Dragon's Lair podcast with Dennis Wolf. They would ask these guys, you know, are you going to come back for the Olympia? Really give it a go since now, you know, you've got a shot in terms of more prize money and a greater extension to your career. But if you listen to that podcast with Flex Lewis, a lot of these guys all have the same thing to say. When you're in bodybuilding and you're at your prime, it's all you've got. It's everything you love. It's your whole life. But you romanticize it. And then you get outside of it and you remember the good things, but then you start to remember the bad things thinking about if I were to enter another prep. I remember in 1999 when XYZ, I remember in 2002 when I got really sick traveling overseas to the Arnold Africa, or, you know, I remember going to Australia to compete and, you know, they lost my luggage and for three days I didn't have any clothes and I, my sleep schedule was messed up. There are parts to this that people forget when they're winning shows that when you're retired, you actually remember how much you hated it. And that's one of the things that Dennis Wolf was basically saying was, I now have to realize that there's another chapter and the things that I hated about bodybuilding, I no longer have to endure. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Nirvana Water Sciences. Muscle integrity is the foundation of our body's overall health because it supports movement, posture, breathing, and many other things. Enter Nirvana Water Sciences HMB-infused water. HMB, or hydroxymethylbutyrate, is a unique derivative of leucine, the isolated amino acid. It helps with things like protein synthesis, nutrient absorption, and can help athletes and regular people alike with general health as well as recovery from hard workouts. So click the link in the description below to find out where you can get Nirvana Water Science's HMB-infused water products today. So let's double back to that prize money. If I were a promoter, I would have to ask myself, these guys are now not only fully invested in their sponsors and the fact that they're retired and, you know, that their career is essentially something else now in terms of being a liaison and a spokesperson and a mouthpiece. So now I have to ask myself, how do I get them to show up on stage? The money. The money is where it's at. So quoting Victor, I'm going to say the same thing to these promoters is that if you expect some of these superstars of the past, and some, in some cases, the very recent past, to show up and bring their best. You've got to make it worth their while. And I'm not saying that $120,000 for an open, which by the way, that's a, I don't know what they're actually going to split the prize money for. I couldn't find that readily available. But let's say it's $120,000 for the open class winner. I now have to endure all of those things again in my 40s going to Eastern Europe to compete in a show that's essentially being treated like a qualifier for the Olympia for the Masters class. And I have to do it coming out of retirement, not just facing my genetics and my aging genetics, that, but I have to come out of retirement to do it, which means, which, and I know they think this, which is why they've had the photos and 
current video that's about one minute in length to try and suss out who's willing to and who's going to actually do well on stage and make it look good. They know that they're working against not just genetics, but they have to give them something enough to be able to come back. And I don't know that they've thought it through enough to get guys like Victor Martinez to come back if they think that that amount of prize money is going to be enough. I just don't. Could be wrong. I've been wrong a ton in the past, but I talked to them in person multiple times over the course of the last year or two. And that's what everybody is saying. You've got to make it worth my while. In fact, the interesting thing was if you go back to even the uh, Arnold Classic, that's what Phil Heath always said. The Olympia is paying me X because I'm the best. And until they decide at the Arnold Classic that they're going to pay the best what they're worth, I'm not interested. Show me the money. Now, am I trying to compare the gift Phil Heath at his best to everybody else basically having retired and wanting to come back to the stage? No. Of course not. But in a couple years, the argument is going to be, should Phil Heath enter the Masters Olympia? And actually, I would argue now that's already an, uh, an argument that people are asking themselves and asking the IFBB. Is it possible for people like the gift to come back and do well in the open? Now, I'm sure the comment section, and if this is what they're going to cut for Instagram in terms of the short reel is going to be, that people are going to be arguing in the comment section, and 50% are going to be that the gift Phil Heath could come back and is still the best, and the other half are basically the anti-zealots saying he was never the best in his last two years anyway. There's no way this dude's going to come back and win the Open. That's not our argument here. The argument that I'm trying to make is, is if you expect someone like that to come out of retirement and get back on this Masters Olympia stage... You need to make it worth their while just the same way he said back then. And I don't know that the prize money that they've currently put up is going to be that, especially based on the fact that you now have an open acceptance list that basically says, give us an application and we'll tell you if this is good enough to compete on our stage. If it was me, I would have taken a look at all of the bodybuilders who are still available for competition in the last 20 years that are still remotely in shape and sent out special invites, and I would probably have capped it at eight competitors per division. And look, figure hasn't even been around that long for it to be the Masters Olympia, and, and, and I know that I'm talking about this like it's a superstars class, right? Because realistically, it's called the Masters Olympia. It's not called the Legends Olympia, which means that everybody over the age of 40 is actually able to come back. But the way they were hyping it up and the way they were talking about it didn't seem that way. It really seemed like they wanted to give bodybuilders who people still wanted to see on stage but that couldn't win the open class a chance to be able to step on stage and keep their career going. I know that it's not always going to be everybody up on stage is a multiple-time regular Olympia champion who still looks great and is Jay Cutler just 30 pounds removed. But... The Arnold has been slowly removing certain classes that just don't have enough people. And I'm wondering if you continuously hold this event, if hosting it in other countries at this level, at this age, really kind of shoots yourself in the foot to have 12 plus in all of these divisions. But I'm a nobody and Jim Mannion is the IFBB. So arguably they've probably looked into this. This is just my perspective in terms of from the outside looking in. And then my other question would be in terms of spectatorship. 
I had actually talked to a lot of the guys behind the scenes at the Arnold and the Olympia in terms of planning and things like that. And one of the reasons that they said to me and to Brian, if you, if you didn't catch that United States of America episode, you can go back and hear him say it himself, that one of the reasons that they didn't increase the prize money for some of these guys was because the people who were spending the money and the people who put their hand in their pocket to buy tickets are old school bodybuilding fans. Okay. I can probably agree with that, that some of the new school guys are more wanting to not travel, you know, watch it on a weekend on their computer or anything like that. But having it in Romania basically sets that precedence that they don't need you to go watch it in person. They're okay with you just ordering it online, watching it on pay-per-view or buying the stream directly from an Olympia website like Eventbrite or something like that. So now you have this added issue where if you want to see the Masters Olympia in person, you've got to go overseas to do it. Now I know it's not just American athletes, but I'm fairly certain that it's not going to be 90% Romanian athletes either. So this remote location in terms of the venue is a little bit odd because it essentially ensures that they're trying to see how the streaming services and the streaming revenue is going to be for these events. Because you're certainly not going to buy a ticket to Romania to fly out to see the Masters Olympia, even if it was Phil Heath versus Jay Cutler versus Victor Martinez versus Dennis Wolf versus, you know, Flex Lewis. We would love to see that, but the amount of people in the economy as it stands right now and wanting to make sure that you go in August, no less, which is after most people's summer breaks and things like that, that you're going to fly to Romania to see it just doesn't make a ton of sense. There's a lot of intricacies when I looked at this in terms of, and a lot of this really was off the cuff. I took initial looks at where it is, who's coming, how to get in, prize money, and that was basically it. These are just initial reactions to this. But those initial reactions are a lot if you really think about it. So am I excited for the Masters Olympia? Of course, I'm, I'm a fan of bodybuilding, and I think that a lot of guys um, who are over the age of 40 fall into two classes, whether they be enhanced or natural. The first bin of those athletes is guys who are holding on to a dream that they just don't want to let die, and you know they wind up coming back to something like this in the Masters Olympia and just really ruining the end of a career. And the other bin is guys who can still f***ing nail it every time because they know exactly how their body works, they know exactly what foods to make them look like that, and they're calm, cool, and collected because they know what the choices that they're making are going to do to their bodies. That's an interesting thing because if you can still do that to this level, this the, the gap that you could create between mediocre athletes in the master's class and world-class athletes in master's classes is a lot easier to make the distinction between than it is in the open. I'm excited to see the show, but I think that a lot of this Masters Olympia is a couple of different things that is not all contest related. One of those things is trying to capitalize on aging superstars from the 90s and 2000s to come back on stage and keep all of those old school bodybuilding fans interested because they want to see guys in their same age range still f***ing killing it. And I'm here for it too, by the way. But the other piece is I feel like this is a test to see if they can continuously move shows to different venues to build bodybuilding interest and experience in other countries that it may just be starting and incepting out of 
and see if they can still capitalize on American, North American, and I would argue Australian and South American streaming services and streaming revenue, and also seeing the interest that people have would not just be in master's classes of bodybuilding, but the master's classes throughout the genders and the specific shred outs of divisions as it relates to wellness, bikini, fitness, men's physique, and all of those things. This really is a test. The one thing that I'm curious to see if they continue in subsequent years is that application process. Because here's the thing, like I said, it sets that precedence of are you now going to start considering that for other shows that you're starting up that you want to be big or even further, should that be the acceptance of Hall of Famers and Legends in certain shows like the Olympia where you no longer need special invites but you can make a special request for an invite with an application like that. I mean, you know, guys like Andrew Jack before they were uh, uh, stepping on stage and Samson Dauda, they were well known on the internet. Would it be possible for people to put in a special request in terms of, I would like to go for the Olympia, here's current photos of my physique, I think I can beat Nick Walker, here it is. The odds are probably no. But again, this is the first time I can see an IFBB Pro show that was saying, put applications in and we'll tell you if you're good enough to compete. That's a wild concept to me. So all in all, listen, I think that it's great to give athletes of any age and any caliber a way to compete and make the playing field so that they can go up against people that are in their same general class of athletic appearance. I think that this show has been a long time coming and people liked it back in 2012 when they stopped holding it. But I'm curious to see how this plays out in terms of production quality, how much they're going to lean on streaming, and what athletes do choose to show up and whether or not they're going to harp on it like Vic did in terms of the prize money, justifiably so. And how many of these superstars that ended their careers on pretty great notes that are going to come back and just not look very good on stage. That's one of the things I'm not looking forward to. As always, this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Nutribio. With no compromise since 1996, some of the best tasting products on the markets and no proprietary blends ever, they've got a product that can help you. So use code word NATTY at checkout to save and always make sure that you mention the United States of America. But what I am looking forward to you, forward to, is you subscribing commenting below on whether or not you're going to buy the stream for the Masters Olympia or if you're going to fly out to Romania. I'd love to get your photos. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on the next episode of the United States of America right here on the Generation Iron Podcast Network. We'll see you next time.